so we're going to do a little thing at the end here to discuss our thoughts on the class changes, what we think could be better, and what we liked that got changed. So we'll start with the bards. Um, what'd you guys think? I really liked the way that they did bardic inspiration. Yeah, I like that they changed the fact that you can do it. Uh, you can heal now with it as well and regain yeah. them on short rests. Um, anything you didn't like? Not really. I don't think they really... I didn't really, really see much of the debuff. They I really think. kind of... I don't think so either. Um, they really just buffed us. Yeah, yeah I mean, Bard... They were nice to the Bard. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, historically speaking, a lot of people kind of diss the Bard yeah. all the time. So, mm. yeah. Quit your this, diss. I think, makes them a much more versatile... Yeah, the bard yeah. didn't need nerfed. It did yeah. need help in some ways, though, and I think they did manage to do that effectively. I think the bard gets a thumbs up. I'm looking forward to see what they do with the rest of the um, colleges. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're going to make changes. I assume they're going to make changes just based on just based on how they changed all of the subclasses. They have it as you level up, you either get something from your class or something from your subclass after a certain point. So mm -hmm. with the way they have all the colleges set up now, you miss a level here and there, I think. Yeah. Uh, some of them are just hit points, but cool. Overall, Bard gets a thumbs up. What about the rogues? I heard some grumblings. Are you taking away the crit sneak attack is disappointing. You don't get to so... do 90 damage. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So I'll. But five d six to start off with, like that's pretty. That's, well, pretty that's okay, also that's ninth level. Order. We start at ninth level. So that's we did play yeah. these classes up a little higher just to um, get a feel for the so changes. What huh. I've I have played. I've only played one rogue, ever. So I don't have like a massive, like, understanding of the class from beginning and end, but. It seems like they moved some things up, but it also seems like the rogues got a massive nerf. Yeah. In the way of like crits. Um, I they, think they taking away that crits crit sneak, sneak attack, attack, though, like 10d6 on a hit with sneak attack plus your weapon. No, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Like, no, they definitely nerfed it. But which is I I think, think it was a good actually balance. good thing because yeah. every time I've ever played with someone who's played a fucking rogue they're like hide sneak attack yeah do four thousand damage yep like, all right hide dude, again you're fucking hide level again. one calm down yeah <laughs> yeah I think this nerf is what the class needed to balance it out um, with everything else and I think what they were trying to do with this is bring because rogues are the ultimate skill monkeys mm -hmm. and i think what they tried to do with this was bring the rogues down and bring the bards up and they i think they equalized the skill monkey between bards and rogues um and i like that because honestly like yeah you could play a rogue and get sneak attack and all that stuff but they removed second attack yeah. So now it's like, all right, you have to either focus on the rogue, which is like full, like damage, or go bard, which is full skill monkey now. And I think they, I think they just really buffed the bard 
which it needed. Um, it was it was kind of a lacking class. I think their goal with this playtest was to balance the three of these classes out. So they named these the expert classes, and they really tried to even the playing field across the three of them. So with the nerf to the rogue and the buff to the bard, with the jack-of-all-trades feature in the bard class that really helped balance everything out, I mean, the modifiers that the bards had, none of them were below like a three or a four when you're adding half of your proficiency bonus to that shit. You're adding it to everything. Plus, you're doubling here and there. You get the expertise and stuff. And the same thing they did with the ranger, like adding in expertise That's what I'm at really all. About. Adding in expertise at all is incredible. I... I yeah. play a ranger and just yeah. looking at it outside of the game. So like, ranger like was ranger. Expertise. Hmm. Well, they did it to the rogue too. The what? Expertise. They added it a second time. Yeah. Uh, bard and rogue had it already. Ranger didn't have it at all. Oh. So they gave all three of them expertise twice. Uh, so bard and rogue got it an additional time and ranger got it twice. Which ranger, is, yeah, or not ranger, uh, rogue and bard were already skill monkeys, right? But I'm I'm really curious to the rogue or not the rogue. Uh, I'm really curious to the ranger class because at higher levels it just falls off like hard as fuck. You mean fighting. it did before? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think the tweaks that they made so to it. I think adding it. these like these base level things could help it in the long run. I'm going to tell you right now that some of the things that I didn't get to use because they're higher levels, like at the 13th level, Nature's Veil, you invoke spirits of nature to magically hide yourself from view. As a bonus action, you can expend a spell slot and become invisible until the end of your next turn. Yeah, so we'll talk with the we'll talk about the ranger now too, uh, Braden. I know the problem with our party, I guess, if you could call it a problem, is we don't have a lot of experience playing this game. So not a lot of us have experience playing That's not a lot of these a classes. Lack of experience in the game. It's just, there's so many options that when you player characters have like we don't have a lot of experience playing those. Ex- these explicit classes or these even these explicit subclasses like yeah i've played a ranger a handful of times and have never played a hunter ranger so the fact that they chose the hunter subclass to tweak i i don't have experience with that and i think that's kind of where we can speak from some experience but we haven't played 5e characters that were a rogue thief or a bard college of lore or a hunter ranger like we've played these classes we haven't played these subclasses necessarily but you can still see the tweaks that they made well that's kind of one thing i like too is you have all these different subclasses you can go and i may be way off base with you know the lack of my experience but it seems like all of these like we got more additional feats and traits and stuff and it seems like they are just a little bit better um and and that's kind of cool they're more streamlined levels yeah you know you you gotta choose and you gotta get these cool little feats based on your background based on you know i am a monster hunter i am a a thief or whatever and 
you know, it kind of gives some individuality to the route that your character growth goes. And I, right. I, I can appreciate that. Yeah. It, uh, I, it didn't give a lot of diversity to the party in this hmm. instance. But the problem with that was but, we were playing strictly experts. I guess that should be the right. name of this this uh, episode is Expert. Expert. Experts. Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, no, no, realistically, I, we I played like what they that. put out for the playtest. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, I, no, I like it that. Made for a narrow party, but it, we still had a variety across the board, even with yeah. five of yeah. you look, across like, the classes. Talk about the difference in the rows. Look at the holy yeah. fuck. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I was gonna say. The bars, difference like, between Quinsley Skimbicka's senior, the third, and it's like we more like Skimbicker. We drew the same exact character, right? And for example, with the ranger, if we would have had a second one, I played mine as yeah. more of a frontline fighter, which you don't often think of for Which ranger. also we were vastly like ranger, rogue, bard, like we're we missing were a tank. limited. <laughs> yeah. There was there wasn't which, really a lot of frontline fighters we could throw. Which is but. why I played mine as a frontline fighter. Which is also However, why I invested right. heavily in constitution in case I yeah. needed it. But party composition like, isn't played, normally this. <laughs> so, I played a 7 foot tall dragonborn rogue who invested <laughs> in strength, dexterity and constitution. And like mentioning something that I didn't get to mention whenever I used it during the thing. I like the fact that Hunter's Mark is not con or not a not concentration. Yeah, concentration. I do too. Yeah, concentration. Having played well, a ranger to be fair, before, we've never fucking right. cared about concentration. I'm no, but still, you can't cast another. You can't cast another concentration spell. Right. So now with this change, you Harold could cast Hunter's Mark and then cast Flame Arrows. Right, and everything is fucking concentration, and it's all stacking. Arrow, at least, yeah. With Rangers, that's yeah. what it is. They're bonus action concentration spells. And that's, taking Hunter's Mark away from a concentration spell, down rangers. it is. Because now you can use that Hunter's Mark. You use the spell slot, obviously, but you're casting it at first level. You get a handful of those. You get that out there. You get your opponent marked, and then you can bring in those other big hitting concentration spells. Right. And not have to worry about, oh no, I broke my concentration on Hunter's Mark, which is oh. useful. It lasts for an hour, and you can track things, but you you only do an extra d6 of damage. Right. So if you're a ninth level party and you're the ranger <laughs> shooting arrows at something, you're doing a d, I think... A d6, right. Yeah, well, sure. it's a d8 and a d6 plus your dex. So still, yeah. like, you're doing Dollars some damage. Right yeah, yeah, but with this change and with the other changes that they made, which is the Hunter's Prey, you're adding a d8 and a d6 when you use Hunter's Mark. Plus, you can add in those concentration spells and do right. your big hitting stuff and be or even useful. you can be more creative with it instead yeah. of just being locked down on that one you could do right. different spells you know fuck it, it opens up the rest of for creative play yeah having to focus concentration on hunter's mark yeah. has been something holding the class back and i think moving away from that is useful true true uh i will say i think just based on the very limited stuff i've seen from the the play test is that it looks like like the people who are like die hard like 
5e these are the fucking rules. raw people yeah like raw lawyers. campaigns mm-hmm. uh they are going to fucking hate it oh yeah this is this is moving much towards like the what we're moving towards now is like they are adjusting the rules to homebrew campaigns yeah like hey mm-hmm. like yeah we get it like you don't like our rules fucking pays attention to concentration spells right so guess what here you get the spell yeah just do there it. are still some concentration spells but not every spell you get is concentrate like right for example my pass yeah, you can fucking you can just fire a hunter's mark at hmm. this fucking wolf Useful. you can Creative. hunt it yeah. through the wood line and you don't have to concentrate on it you can do other shit like I, I think it's moving much more towards accompanying the homebrew, which, which they I mean, should be. Because some people realistically, are gonna fucking hate. I mean, and some people are gonna love. Looking at the community as a whole, just what I've experienced through social media and stuff, like ninety percent of people that I see on Twitter or anything like that are playing homebrew campaigns. They're making their own rules and adjusting things to fit their own world. Yeah, so guess what? it's a game fucking anyway. game yeah you have fun. right so writing or like catering to the raw people the rules as written people is such a small percentage of the community overall that like Which, i think I mean, wizards I of the coast has it, realized it's difficult because mm. you as wizards of the coast are literally writing the rules yeah but you're leaving much more uh it, you're leaving it much more open for interpretation now which I think they've done a great deal of lately with uh, what was the last book that came out? Not Tasha. Was it Tasha's? The Dragon one. Called no. and everything. There the, were two that came out after Tasha's. The Dragon Tasha's, one came out, and there was uh, another one that uh, came the, out. Uh, the multiverse. Uh, multiverse one, yeah. And but basically, they were just like, hey, yeah, like each individual. Oh race fuck! Gets it's this the, bonus. the boat but, guy one. The boat in the space one. Starfinder, or no, I, yeah, yeah, no, no I th- I'm pretty sure it was Tasha's that they said, like, hey, look, like each race gets this X bonus, but if you can explain why you chose this race and it gets a different bonus, like, why, why would you not do that? Like, like my dragonborn I played got like a plus two strength, but like say you played a dragonborn who was born, right? In like, you know, yeah, a certain a environment noble. where, yeah, yeah, like as a noble, and maybe he was raised in like the priest halls, and he's just intelligent as fuck. Like, why would his strength be plus two? Like, get that plus two to his wisdom or his intelligence or whatever. Like, as long as you can explain your backstory, like you can adjust your plus two based on race. Like I think, I think that went a a good way. I mean, it definitely like min maxers are going to abuse the fuck out of it, but I don't know. I, I play more role playing where I'm like, this is the reason this character like this way because of his background. Yeah. 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 Like I, I appreciate that. Like, you know, I kind of like I, playing an orc that's like crazy strong as a thing that you don't typically see as an orc as because of their default bonuses. Well, that's been the nice thing I think about moving into 5th edition was 
you don't have those prerequisites for race when you pick like a background and stuff like you don't have to be a high elf noble anymore you could Mm -hmm. be you could be like a dragonborn noble or an orc noble like i don't i think they got rid of that in fifth edition i don't know i'm not familiar with 4e but like i know that's a change that they moved to some things that are still like race and class dependent particularly feats i think yes those i don't think that they'll be able to move away from um the one thing that i liked about the changes that they made and i don't know if this has been a D thing or what my experience with D is much less than other role-playing games <laughs> but <clears throat> as you leveled up through your class instead of having an entire new thing out of left field it just made all of the things that you're already familiar with better hmm. right so it's, it makes it a lot easier for people that are just getting into the hobby because they don't have to keep track of 80 billion <laughs> different class features. Yeah, right. They just get to modify the ones that they have already been playing. And that's the nice thing about this new 1D&D stuff is that they really streamlined character creation. Mm-hmm. They put in suggested spells for each level. If you're oh. this level, pick these spells. They'll be the most useful. Like looking oh. at some of the look at the looking at the PDF that they put out for the playtest like they made it so easy for somebody who's never played at all before to pick up this PDF, even though it's still playtest material and none of it's legit right now. You can still pick up this PDF, look at it, and be like, okay, I can make this character and follow through. And it's especially with only one college for the bards or one subclass for the ranger and the rogue, like it's really easy right now because there's not a whole lot of choices. It's just bam, 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 work your way through that list and you're good. And I mean, that's also just that's just play test in general. Yeah, they make but, it I mean, easy for a they're reason. They're obviously but... like they're gonna. What I feel like is gonna happen is basically they're just say this is gonna become five e plus is what's yes. really gonna happen. They're I think that's their main goal is they're not releasing sixth edition quote unquote. It's just gonna be yeah. I think one D and D is a supplement for five e like three point five. Yes, exactly. This is, exactly. This is five point five e. Yes, but they're not going to call it five. Except 5e what they're doing instead of making it, I don't get it. Way more complicated is they're making it way more streamlined. Yeah. which is I think what they need to do with the crowd that they're drawing right now. D well, I mean, has become to, so mainline with now. Games like Fate, right. and everything like that, where you've just got Pathfinder. Yeah, Pathfinder. I mean. We've got that Numenera campaign. So many spin-offs. So streamlined. Mm. There's and... so many other tabletop RPGs that you could play, and Wizards yeah. really needed to prove why D and D was the one people should play. And I think they learned that after mm. I think they had a big drop off with Fifth Edition recently, or within the past I don't know how long five years. I, I think that. But... I There's a lot of people moving to other things. Originally, did yeah. really good, but I think it's tailed off. Well, yeah, because like after like three or four years of fifth edition, like mm-hmm. all like tabletop games exploded. Right, and there's so and, many like, options. All, all of these other things came out, and they were like, "Oh, this is just easier." For, yeah, like this is what I want on Which this platform why over here. I think Wizards is adapting to that change people want things to be easier and streamlined how can they do that and i think they're moving in the right direction yeah i would still like it if combat was 
faster. See, I, feel like I think it's well, like, like, yeah, it's always such a slog when you're. And I think well. Numenera combat is the most boring shit in the world because it's yeah. roll, do a thing, roll, do a thing, and we still spend half an hour in combat with two people. Yeah. So at least I for think, this, there's options. I I think five E combat is just a player thing, like. Yeah, nobody knows their not, character sheet, so we're not moving it, along it, at, yeah. a, like, at a pace that we should. I have be. to read through three pages of shit to figure right. out what I'm about to do. Which, granted, it, yeah, that makes it, it longer makes to long. do it. Yeah, but in on the other sense of that, it makes it so that you're not just doing the same thing right. over and over again. You and have it doesn't help that our choice. party is a party of five and, either. Like, yeah. combat takes forever. If I add more than one combatant in a combat with you guys, it just exponentially increases how long things are going to take. I.e. the dragon in that. Like, if you would have just fought the goose to death, it would have been over a long time ago. But because I threw that extra combatant in there, and now that you guys, not just in this, but in the regular campaign or ninth level, like... You're getting big shit thrown at you, or you're getting run three or four GD's campaign. Yeah, first run, or you're getting like three or four <laughs> fairly decently hard creatures, like, and those creatures get more things that they can do as you all level up, and you all get more things that you can do as you level up, and it just adds time onto combat, which not knowing your character sheet doesn't help either. <laughs> Especially when I throw you into a random game with new sh characters that aren't even in the fucking handbook yet and make all kinds of changes, but irrelevant. Coming back to uh, the Ranger, one change that I would like to see is, yeah, they made the Hunter's Mark more useful, and it already was extremely useful. However, I feel like once you're getting up to those higher levels... The Hunter's Mark is only six damage. But uh, it's six or damage. Eight damage. It, no, it's a D6. It's You get one D6 and one D8 with the changes that they made. From the way I understood it. And it does well, level with... The Hunter's Prey specifically... For the Hunter, yeah. The Hunter's... But oh, if you and... cast Hunter's Mark at second level, you do 2D6 damage. No, you don't. Yes, you do. It ain't... Oh. Is that a change that they made, then? No, that's just how it is. Not... No, it's not. Not according to what I read on the spell. If you, well, yeah, if, you if that's not true, then that's pretty fucking dumb. Right? Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it says uh, that. At higher levels, when you cast this spell using a spell slot of third or fourth level, you can maintain oh, your you concentration, maintain concentration on... For it increases the amount of time. It doesn't increase the damage, which yeah, I think is what they need sense. to do, because... The hunter, while it has the potential to deal higher amounts of damage, the hunter's mark slowly gets phased out of usefulness as you go up against higher and higher level creatures. Mm -hmm. Because by the time you face, like, say, that dragon, right. or an, an adult dragon, time. an adult dragon has 200 and something health. A d6 of damage is nothing right but it, the change to making it not concentration it's right. still allows a bonus you action to, to cast. concentration spells yeah. right so you're getting a free d6 on top of everything else by second round which so, in 
unlike normal combat doesn't take like 35 minutes to get back around to that d6 right it's and yeah you're doing two attacks both of them get hunter's mark by fifth level you're doing a 2d8 plus 2d6 minimum per round if you hit both times on basically of... what you're doing is you get a free plus one magical weapon yeah minimum just in my mind i believe that i think if you cast it at a higher level you should be able to deal an extra d6 if it's a first level spell, it should exponentially increase like first like everything else does ninth or you could do it like yeah eldritch blast where as you level up it automatically increases Mm. or even sneak i like that better right it would make sense yeah But, but then you're basically just getting eldritch blast to a ranger. I would say if it's a spell as you cast it higher, it would add. That would make sense. Not automatic. I. But is it a spell? It is a spell. Yes, it, it is, is a, spell. a spell. It costs a okay. spell it's slot. A, it's a first level spell. I do like the other. I'm not sure if this was a change that they made. Actually, it doesn't take one of your learned spells <laughs> away. Uh, I don't remember if that's so a change. you get a free spell. Well, it's like it's one of. You you always it's you always have it it's one that you always know and yeah. have prepared. Anyway, that is our thoughts on, <laughs> on yeah. so anyway, in a nutshell. There's a bunch of thoughts on things yeah. that don't matter in this episode. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. We did discuss the the playtest stuff though. Overall, I think the changes that they made are good. They mm-hmm. made the tweaks that the classes needed. There's still work to be done. I think adjusting some of this stuff, fine tuning things. But this is just a general we need to change something let's see what we can change to make things better and i think they're working in the right direction and we'll see what comes next with the next three classes and we'll do it all over again (laughs) thanks for listening